Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to have joining me Kelly May, our Senior Extension Associate for Family Finance and Resource Management. Welcome, Kelly. Thanks for having me. So the title that you put on our show notes prep today, Don't Let Scams Scare You This Halloween. And I love that because we do see and hear so much about all types of scams. And um, they can they can be scary. So I'm <laughs> glad that you're here today and that you're going to share with us more information about really and truly just about what what are scams, how you can identify scams. And I think probably the biggie for our listeners is the top four scams or the top scams that that are prevalent in Kentucky. But let's start with just understanding more about what type of current scams do we see going on out there right now? Okay, so uh, fraud is frightening. It can happen to anyone at any age. The Federal Trade Commission reports that $1.48 billion was lost to fraud in just one year alone, 2018. Um, So we're most of the way through 2019. And I was looking into which scams are coming up most often in Kentucky. And I checked with uh, not only the Federal Trade Commission, but also the Better Business Bureau and the Kentucky Attorney General's office. And that these are the agencies that you can report fraud to. And the things that they're seeing most often There are four scams showing up in Kentucky more than others, although lots and lots of scams happen all the time, unfortunately. But we're hoping by sharing the details with you all that you can recognize if it might be one of these scams and avoid it. So what are the top scams in Kentucky? All right. So the biggest one right now is the imposter scams, and it's different types of people that Kind of fitting with our Halloween theme, people don don a disguise and, <laughs> and they, they put on a costume. <laughs> exactly. They put on their, their telephone costume and they pretend to be somebody else. Um, fishing is always a, um, another way that people put on their costume and try to steal your money. A lot of these scams are done over the phone and they're telephone threats that sound really scary. They might be uh, an IRS worker, supposedly, or a deputy sheriff, and they're calling to say that your number has been linked to criminal activity or there's a federal warrant for your arrest. Uh, My mom got a call last year from an attorney saying something about her legal fees if she didn't respond quickly. Well, she happened to be working on my grandmother's trust at the time. And almost fell for it because so it made, it made yeah, sense to it what applied she had to her life, her but life. it wasn't the attorney she was working for, and it told her to press one, and she knew not to press one, so right. she was safe. Good right. thing. <laughs> and you you mentioned the the IRS scams. I think that that's one that it, you know it tends to come around tax time every mm-hmm. year, but it is one that we see every year of someone calling to say that maybe you have past due taxes or that, um, you know, essentially that someone's going to come and get you if you don't pay immediately, that that type thing. And it's, I think, probably the biggest caution with those type of imposter scams is exactly what you just said about your mom is to think, does it fit my current mm-hmm. situation? You know, if you've known you've paid your taxes, then you know you've paid your taxes. Right. And they're trying to scare you. That's a tactic that the bad actors are using is fear. They're trying to make you so worried that you do something without thinking. 
Um, and a lot of the times on these scams, whether it's IRS, deputy sheriff, social security, Medicare lawyers, I even saw one where somebody was pretending to be the TSA, the, the travel agency. Really? Yes. They're trying to get you to wire money or pay by gift card to settle this thing before it gets critical, before they send you to jail or to collections or whatever it is. So it's that fear tactic. So the tip here is don't wire money or send a gift card to a stranger. Just don't do it. Right. And I, I think that's a big tip off. You know, if we use the IRS again as an example, they're really not going to accept payment mm-hmm. via gift card. And they're <laughs> not going to threaten you by the phone either. Right. Right. <laughs> so just being mindful, being aware. And I, I think a great tip of do not ever wire money or send a gift card to someone that you do not know without vetting it beforehand. The most common scan I saw on the Better Business Bureau's website statistics was online purchase scams. So people buying something and paying the money for it, but never actually receiving the item that they thought they bought. In a couple of cases, the seller asked for extra money for shipping or other cash up front. And those are the kind of same tactics that people use to do advanced fee scams or government grant scams or even lottery scams. You know, you've won this prize, but you need to send in this money for the shipping first. Right. So, Kelly, and can you think of an example of an online purchase scam? So is that if someone is purchasing something off of maybe a social media marketplace, so like Facebook marketplace, and just the seller never follows through? Mm-hmm. Or is it actual websites that appear to at least right. be a company? It's- Actually, it's both of those and then more that uh, I was surprised that quite a few of those listed on the Better Business Bureau site were people looking for a specific breed of animal, like a pet, a dog or a cat. That's interesting. And those were the ones that were the higher dollar ones because these specific breeds cost more money. Yeah. And so um, the website looked legitimate, but apparently it wasn't. And uh, they didn't have the, uh, at least they didn't send the animal in question and they didn't receive the product they offered. But sometimes it is a false website or... You have to be careful, too, like you mentioned with the Facebook selling sites or like Craigslist type of things, all of those. If an individual's made an online purchase and they do not receive the item, is that something that they can challenge with their credit card? Possibly. They can report it as fraud. They can challenge with the credit card. They start with trying to work with the company. Hopefully, you've used a good vendor um, who will follow through. and, And a lot of times, it's a simple mistake in shipping or other information like that that can be easily remedied. But if it is a scam, it can be very hard to get your money back. Um, So the tip here is to research your businesses before buying. Also, make sure you're buying on encrypted sites so that your information is not stolen as you make the transaction. I know this from a previous podcast, but the encrypted sites are the secure ones that say HTTPS or has mm-hmm. the little lock up at the top. Yeah, I, p- I pay attention when, when we're <laughs> podcasting as well. Has the little lock up at the top to let you know that it is a secure website right. and safe to safe to enter your credit card information. The next most common scam right now is employment scams. So working from home may sound like a dream come true, but it might be a nightmare and fraud, unfortunately. In these type of scams, the employer, and I'm saying that with quote marks, right. um, is sending a check and asking for money back in return, or they promise to reimburse your costs, your mileage, your supplies, those sorts of things. After you've done the work or the service that they are requesting, except you do the work and the service and they never actually reimburse your costs. I saw one example where the company required, uh, it was uh, going to help a gentleman set up a business, a new business. 
and they asked for upfront money for a license, registration, insurance. They were sending him documents that looked to be real, that looked like business contracts and things he would need in order to start his company, but it was all fake. Really. And that, again, I think probably goes back to your previous tip, too, about making certain that you research who it is that you're working with, or in this case, possibly, quote unquote, working for, Mm -hmm. and just making certain that that you're vetting because anytime someone asks for money up front is typically a clue to that at least wants to make you pause so that you really and really can do your research to make certain that yes, this is a legitimate company and yes, I do need to send this money up front. Right. And so the tip here is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is and that's true for any scam. Right. That that makes sense. All right. Finally we've got the grandparent scam. We hear that seniors are targets and that's true. Um, But it doesn't have to be a grandparent. It could be any relative, supposed relative. In the traditional grandparent scam, a person who is allegedly the grandchild calls and is very distressed. And they say, "Um, I've been arrested. I'm stranded. A lot of times it's in a foreign country or they're in jail. And they need money wired immediately. And there is also a sense of urgency and secrecy. They don't want you to tell mom and dad, please don't tell mom and dad. I don't want to get in trouble. I just need this money so I can get it fixed and come home. And so anytime somebody wants you to hurry, that's that urgency. The scammer doesn't want you to check it out. They don't want you to do research. They don't want you to actually call and make sure little Jimmy's at home and not in Italy right now. So anytime somebody wants you to hurry, they are asking you to part with your money before you have a chance to research. So that's a good sign that you need to check it out. Right. And I know, especially with a scam similar to this, is this is something they even train bank tellers on to recognize that if someone does come in and they seem to be distraught and they're wanting to wire a large amount Mm -hmm. of cash, just, uh, you you know, that they encourage tellers to ask additional questions to try and kind of help sort out and vet if it could possibly be a scam. Mm -hmm. What are some tips to help avoid falling victim to a scam. As we sit here and we talk about it, all these things just make sense, right? Mm -hmm. That, And as we say it, we think, well, how could anybody fall for that? But as you say, when you're in the moment and it's something that catches you off guard, that's maybe not something that, that, you know, you're expecting at all, that sometimes, you, you know, you just don't think quite fast enough. So what are tips that you could share with our listeners today to help them avoid falling victim to scams? So a big one is take your time. Just take a deep breath. Whatever they're doing or saying, it's it's geared to make you hurry. It's scary. It sounds scary. It sounds overwhelming. It sounds like something you need to take care of right now. So fight that urge and just take your time and step back a minute and make sure that this is something you want to be involved in. And it may be true and it may not be true, but that's the best way to find out. Don't believe your caller ID or the email address because the scam artists can fake those. They can make it look like a number that they're not actually calling from or an email address and phishing. Uh, Hang up the phone. You do not have to be nice to these people. You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to give them an excuse. You can just get off the phone, say, "I'm, I'm not doing business today. I'm not interested in this. 
And then you can sign up for the do not call list. Now, I will say that that doesn't always work. A lot of us have signed up and we still get the calls because there are groups that are exempt. And let's face it, the bad guys don't follow the rules. Right. Bad gals also. Mm -hmm. So they're probably going to call you anyway. But it gives you that extra insurance in your mind to know that, hey, I'm on this list and these people aren't supposed to call me. So you can that much easier hang up. And if you want to be on that list, the number is 888-382-1222. And you call from the phone you want to sign up. And we will include the website link as well as the phone number in the show notes. So if anybody wants to go back and reference that to be able to sign up for the do not call list. Right. And another big tip is don't pay in advance. We mentioned on a couple of these They'll send you a check, and they want you to deposit it and send back some portion so you get to keep the rest. And what's happening is they're sending a fake check, or the check bounces, and they've gotten the money back from you, which is good hard-earned money that you put in the bank, Exactly. while their check bounces, and you don't get to keep anything from it, and you're out the money that you've sent. Anytime you wire or pay with gift cards, that's not trackable. It's not reversible. So... Don't use those methods unless you're absolutely certain that's how you want to send your money and that you won't need it back. And then finally, while there's people you undoubtedly trust, and this is the scariest one, I think. This is the most Halloween-ish of my tips, (laughs) and it's very unfortunate. But while there's people you undoubtedly trust, keep in mind that they could have been a victim already. So somebody that you know would never do you wrong If they're a victim and they think that it's real, they might be telling you about it in good faith and here it's a scam. Right. What else can someone do? Uh, Report it. Please report fraud. Fraud is underreported and that's how it keeps happening uh, because officials, if they don't know about it, they can't stop it. Uh, So your report could help prevent somebody else from being a victim. Getting fraud data and making lists like this helps people be aware of what's going on right now, what's going around so they can look out. I know that you mentioned uh, several names at the beginning of the podcast that you had checked to find out the most current scams or the most prevalent scams. Could you share those again and also how someone might be able to report Mm -hmm. to those agencies as well? Absolutely. So the, the most common agencies to report to are the Attorney General's office. There's one in every state. And uh, our Kentucky Attorney General has a scam alert system that you can sign up for as well. So we'll post those in the show notes. Also, the Better Business Bureau, you can look up businesses to see if they're legitimate companies, if people have complained before, and you can file your own complaint. And finally, the Federal Trade Commission, they take complaint data from consumers about anything and everything all across country. Let's talk a little bit about the scam alert available through the Attorney General's office. How does that work? So it's a text system. So you just simply sign up for their text and they will let you know if there's something going around. You know, it's it's not a whole lot of text that you get, but if there's something that has popped up and is becoming increasingly more common, they will send that out and let you know. Right. I will say that I personally signed up for that, and it they do not bombard people mm-hmm. with text, that it's truly only if there is a very prevalent scam that, that's going around. So I think probably a good, a good resource for people. Kelly, thank you for being here today and just bringing scams and fraud to kind of the front of our mind and, and helping us think about it, that really and truly anyone can be a victim. We have a good friend that she completely knew better than all this, but she was struggling with her computer, and it, 
it probably had a virus or something on it. It needed to be cleaned up and, and worked on. And just like how you said with your mom, you know, someone called and said, you know, something about the internet provider and something about the computer. And somehow she just felt like it was all linked together. She actually gave them uh, remote access to her mm. computer. It turned into be a pretty big deal. She never took the time to stop and think. And someone else was sitting in the background saying, stop what you're doing, stop what you're doing, stop what you're doing. You, you know, because the person not on the phone, not involved in the situation, just observing what was going on, right. had the time to process the conversation and realize. So I think that's probably the best tip that you've shared is just take the time to think. Don't get in a rush. If it really is something that needs to be addressed and addressed quickly, Taking that time to pause for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes and do some initial research can definitely save you in the long run. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.